Season 2, Episode 87, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism. This is Episode 87, uh, The Demonic Boy Whom the Disciples Could Not Heal, is the title given to it by A.T. Robertson. In the, regions of, in the region of Caesarea Philippi, which is north, about, I would say, 40 miles north of, of the Sea of Galilee, and in Mount Hermon, Mount of Transfiguration is about 40 miles north of Caesarea Philippi. This is the, depending on how long he was at uh, Mount Hermon and the uh, Mount of Transfiguration, we really don't, it doesn't say exactly. Um, A.T. Robertson hypothesized that maybe they were going to celebrate the, the Feast of Booths, which is where you make little tents, sort of, uh, little places to live outside your home once a year, uh, as they had to do when they wandered in the wilderness. And uh, it just was a, a way of remembering what they had done. And it, and it equal made everyone equal. Even the people in Jerusalem where it was celebrated had to leave their nice homes and live in booths or tabernacles it's sometimes called which is a an old word for a tent anyway um today we're going to take a look at mark chapter 9 we're going to look at 17 verses there matthew chapter 17 seven verses and uh luke chapter 9 eight verses so again we get uh a kind of a redundancy here in the story um, twice I guess you'd say Mark we go with Mark first and then Mark, Matthew and then Luke was what A.T. Robertson did and since he did all the work I'm gonna give him the you know trust him to make the right choices there um, this is found in a harmony of the Gospels for students the life of Christ copyright 1922 and C.I. Schofield's reference Bible copyright 1909 any other references I use, I try to give credit where credit is due, such as Bible Hub, which is my concordance of choice. They answer the questions that I ask, make me feel good for asking them. You know, you're not the only one that ever asked this question. Anyway, um, <clears throat> we have a uh, an A.T. Robertson's uh, note on Part 8, the withdrawal. Uh, we have the reasons for the withdrawal. But let's take a look at this note that I'm going to read probably until we get to episode 95. This is episode 87, uh, which is the end of part 8, and we'll get into part 9. So, uh, A.T. Robertson's note on part 8. Jesus goes on to the region of Eteria of Caesarea Philippi. So that's the northern region on Mount Hermon. 9,200 feet in elevation, where no hostility has been aroused. So this region of Eteria, which would be a very, uh, the Greek language is dominant, um, not a lot of angry Jewish uh, scribes and Pharisees, uh, where no hostility had been aroused. So they probably heard about Jesus, this miracle guy, but they hadn't really heard him speak that much or he hadn't made them mad, whatever. And he could quietly instruct the 12, which 
he's doing with a with a vengeance because six months from now he's going to be crucified approximately six months from now so he's got work to do uh, especially as you'll see in this lesson where it sounds like there's several that, that don't believe we know of course Jesus Iscariot didn't believe and we also know that um, Doubting Thomas didn't believe until the resurrection but uh, Jesus probably remained in the vicinity for several months as this whole period of retirement lasted six months. So six months of retirement and then the rest of the episodes are going to take six months to the resurrection and his post-crucifixion ministry in the book of Acts, go into all the world and preach the gospel. As this whole period of retirement lasted six months, uh, he was near Bethsaida, Bethsaida Julius, which again is another Greek, uh, Roman type city, Caesarea, near Caesarea Philippi, which is another Bethsaida Julius, sounds pretty Roman, Caesarea Philippi, also Caesarea Philippi, in the first retirement, and now he stops here again on his way to Caesarea Philippi. So. Caesarea Philippi got to, the land of Ateria got two of the four retirements. One retirement was to the coast of the Mediterranean, to Phoenicia, which is a very Greek, ancient city. I mean, they're just Phoenicians. They're not anybody. They, were, they predate just about everybody. They're an ancient civilization in Caesarea Philippi. I'm, I'm sorry, in Phoenicia on the Mediterranean. Uh, he stops again on his way to Caesarea Philippi to this region north of the Sea of Galilee where Caesarea Philippi is located. Each of the four retirements into heathen territory, twice into Urteria, which is up by Caesarea Philippi, once to Phoenicia, which I just mentioned. Uh, there's evidence that Phoenicians reached the New World. I mean, they, they, they found the phonetic... Uh, the phonetics, uh, the phonetic alphabet of of the Phoenicians, on some stones. They could have. They don't know who carved the stones, but anyway. And Decapolis was a very ten cities. That word right there is Greek. Decapolis, like uh, Acropolis, or anyway, uh, Decapolis, ten cities, which is on the east side of the Mediterranean. I'm sorry. There, all of the all the Holy Land is on the east side of the Mediterranean. Uh, it's on the east side of the Jordan River, where Israel at this time is mostly located west of the Jordan River, between the Jordan River and the coast. And the coast is pretty much Greek from what I understand. The Greek influence prevails, where Greek influence prevails. So it would draw from the Jewish culture into the Greek, which aren't really that upset with him and where the Greek language is dominant. Okay, that was note eight, uh, or the note about part eight. Uh, Caesarea Philippi, again, is uh, north of the Sea of Galilee. If you took the top of the, of, uh, of the Sea of Galilee being north, then I would say that if you had to get a compass heading, you would go uh, north, northeast, 
to get to Caesarea Philippi. All right, probably a compass heading of about uh, zero would be straight up, so a compass heading of about 15 degrees, maybe 10, 10 degrees. Anyway, uh, old trigonometry teacher, sorry. Okay, um, so I'm looking at some maps of the region, the Jordan Valley, north of the Sea of Galilee up to Mount Hermon. Another, another map of the entire region uh, all the way to uh, Caesarea Philippi north and Syria and Lebanon and Phoenicia and Decapolis. All four of the areas are on this map. An ancient Greek region of Urteria, copy, copyright Bible History Online. So you can find this map on Bible History Online. Okay, some more maps of the region. New Testament Israel, I've, I've mentioned this several times, Bible History Online. That's the map I prefer. It's, uh, it's not in a lot of different colors. The water is blue, the towns are, are uh, black, and the regions are in red. Okay, um, a little bit about Mount Hermon again, because they are just on the foothills of Mount Hermon, so Mount Hermon, when the whole country is parched with the summer sun, white lines of snow streak the head of Hermon, uh, BibleHub.com. So if it isn't uh, uh, I, I think it's you would not I would not call it snow capped. I would call them there might be some some remnant of snow in August, but it, it definitely uh, I've been at 10,000 feet in the Rockies, and I, I think it gets pretty green, not above the tree line, but but uh, I'm not sure there's snow capped up there that much. I, I haven't spent a lot of time in the in the in the mountains, the Rockies, or that's I've, I've been to the Matterhorn in Europe, thanks to my wife's music skills. Anyway, verse two, I mean uh, second point here about Mount Hermon. Uh, the summit straddles the border between Syria and Lebanon, north of the Sea of Galilee, 9,200 feet above sea level, the highest point in Syria. The tree line, according to my study of, uh, what do they call it, uh, physical geography, uh, 4,000, approximately 5,000 feet. So this is about 4,000 feet above the tree line, approximately. Uh, approximately 40 miles uh, north northeast of the Sea of Galilee. All right, uh, we're in part eight, the special training of the 12 in districts around Galilee. Uh, not in Galilee necessarily, he withdraws from away from Galilee. But, uh, and this will take us up to episode 95, we're in 87 today. Okay, today's episode is called The Boy Who Was Not Healed uh, in Caesarea Philippi, that's kind of the title I gave just to make it fit my slide here. Um, but uh, they were, they were, that's what we're going to take a look at today. Why wasn't he healed? Because of a lack of faith, it says, the Bible says. He was not that. And who were there? Uh, the disciples, less Peter, James, and John. And Peter, James, and John, the inner three, are really important to the new covenant 
Peter is, is a, a courageous leader. Um, John lives the longest, last of the apostolic apostles of the apostolic age. And James is the leader of the church in Jerusalem and the first to be, uh, first apostle to be, what's the right word, martyred? Okay, so uh, five reasons for withdrawals. I've mentioned them, I guess, as long as they're in, in part eight, which is called the withdrawals. Uh, there's five reasons for the four withdrawals. Uh, from the jealousy of Herod Antipas, who six months earlier had successfully executed John the Baptist in a kind of a disgusting manner, and nobody did anything about it. He, it says they wouldn't execute him before because Herod Antipas was afraid of the people, that everyone thought that John the Baptist was a prophet. But when he was in prison for six months, kind of, what have you done for me lately? Uh, he got away with killing him. And now he's thinking, well, I can do the same thing with Jesus. Uh, the second reason for the withdrawal um, was the fanaticism of would-be followers in Galilee. Um, on both sides of the Jordan. When Jesus therefore perceived that John chapter 6 verse 15, John chapter 6 verse 15, John chapter 6 verse 15, you don't have to read it. I, I Sometimes I, don't, I get kind of lazy of jumping around. But anyway, I'll read it to you. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. Uh, when, I, when I fill out the... Um, the podcast uh, questions that they ask, I will uh, try to include John six fifteen also in there, so you can you have access to it. You got to do a little work to get to the episode description, but if you do, I'll try to have all the verses uh, that I reference. Um, when Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again unto the holy the mountain himself. Um, these could be Jews or they could be the people of Decapolis did the same thing uh, because he was doing miracles, not because they really understood the prophecy of this of the kingdom of God, which is going to take place after the seven-year tribulation, which is going to take place after the rapture. And the rapture could be tonight, it could be a hundred years from now. Withdraws from the hostility of Jew Jewish rulers like Herod Antipas and others set up from Jerusalem. He withdraws from the hot shores of the Sea of Galilee. I think this is just, personally, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say this is a guess. This is something that's cultural, probably done to this day. If you're in the the lowlands of the the, the Middle East and you have an opportunity, India, any of these latitudes along the latitude, uh, to go north or to go up into the mountains uh, to Gusagapa, very cool in the very cool uh, up there, pretty much year round. But go down to San Pedro Sula on the coast of uh, Honduras, it gets pretty warm. That's what I hear. Anyway, okay. Um, and the fifth reason here withdraws to instruct the twelve, which he is definitely, and the need is that the crucifixion is not that far away. 
Okay, I was kind of embarrassed myself when I was talking about this on the previous episode, 86, when I said the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, was both Son of God and Son of Man. It, there's 10 verses where it's used, and, and I hadn't looked them up. I said it would be a good study. Well, I did look them up. Uh, Numbers, there's one verse. Uh, Job, there's two verses. Psalms, there's four verses. Isaiah, there's two verses. And Daniel, there's one verse. In the Numbers, Job, Psalms, and Isaiah, it's really the Son of Man is not necessarily deity. But I'm going to read to you Daniel chapter 7, verse 15. You might want to flip there if you can, or look in the episode notes, and I will try to do that from for the rest of uh, the podcast. We got we got to get up to 182. Anyway, Daniel chapter 7, verse 15. I, Daniel, saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man. Now, the Son of Man here is capitalized, so that means the, the writers of, of, the translators of this Bible thought that it was referring to deity. Now, the ancient Greek, well, Daniel's written in, in Hebrew, but they have all caps in Hebrew, too, from what I understand. They don't have, they don't have lowercase back in the day. So it's up to the to the student to decide whether it's deity or not. So I'm not going to lean on the fact that that the translators here uh, capitalized the Son of Man because it's deity, but they're very careful to 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 not capitalize. They don't capitalize pronouns for Jesus or God, which kind of some Bibles do, but the old King James doesn't. Um, Behold, one like the Son of Man, that's a, it's a simile, uh, came with the clouds of heaven. Sounds like Jesus to me, because he was both God and man, making him kind of a metaphor for God. Um, and came to the Ancient of Days, and I think this is God, and they brought him Jesus, the Son of Man, near before the Ancient of Days. So I'll just leave it at that. I can. I don't think I'm going to study around Daniel, not on this podcast anyway. But that clearly to me is deity. One like the Son of Man came from the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days and they brought him near before him. So... Uh, this could very well be the judgment of the nations at the end of the tribulation uh, when people live, the believers live on into the millennium and the goats are cast into the lake of fire because they did not believe and their actions kind of bared that out as they did not help the 144,000 which were slaughtered to the last man. Did it under the least of these my brethren? Jesus has a lot of names for people but he doesn't usually throw the name brethren around uh, without them being believers. Anyway, and Jesus applies it to himself over 80 times in the New Testament. So, Son of Man, I'll let you chew on that for a while. Okay, so now we're going to take a look at Scripture here, which is my favorite part. Um, this is episode 87, the demonic boy whom the disciples could not heal in the region of Caesarea Philippi. So what's happened is he, he's come back down from 
the Mount Hermon, the Mount of Transfiguration. And we're going to take a look at this, these three passages on this trip down the hill to Caesarea Philippi, about a seven-day trip, it says, after six days and before eight. Sounds like seven. I know I've talked about that quite a bit, but I think he's been gone for at least, uh, you know, 15 days. If he only had a day at the Mount of Transfiguration, I'm not sure how long he was there. So it could be he could have been away from them for 15 days, the, the remaining eight disciples, of which 25% were not believers at least, maybe more. It sounds like in this lesson you'll see that maybe more than that were not believers. Mark, uh, okay, we're going to take a look at Mark chapter 9, and so that's where we're going to start. So let's take a look at Mark chapter 9, verse 13. And again, a lot of times... I will pick the first verse just to take us back to the last lesson, which was the Mount of Transfiguration. So now they're coming down. For, they're, they're at the Mount of Transfiguration, but they're leaving. Ver, okay, Mark chapter 9, verse 13. Mark chapter 9, verse 13. Mark chapter 9, verse 13. In Mark chapter 9, verse 13, and again, this is a redundant from last week, but I think A.T. Robertson uh, quoted it again. But I say unto you, that Elias indeed, that Elias is indeed come, and they have done unto him whatsoever they listed, as it is written unto him. They asked him, "What? When? When is Elias coming?" And he said, "He's already come. He was John the Baptist. And when he came, his disciples, and when he came to his disciples, okay. Now see, now we're we just made a seven-mile trip down." Mount Hermon. So, so, and when a seven-day a seven trip, or more than six and less than eight. Um, and when he came to his, when Jesus came to his eight disciples, because he's got three with him, with twelve disciples, my bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Nine disciples, and he had three with him. He saw a great multitude about them. So he's been gone for two weeks at least. Maybe a little bit more. Depending on how long it took in Mount Transfiguration, which doesn't sound like it took that long. So God didn't have any big sermons to preach that I'm aware of. But anyway, and when he came to his disciples, when Jesus, verse 14, Mark chapter 9, verse 14, and when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude of Caesarea Philippi, um, Gentiles, came and the scribes questioning with them. So the scribes are there. They, they, the scribes have you know, followed him up there. Uh, they're, they're questioning uh, Jesus' disciples. And straightway all the people, when they beheld Jesus were greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him. So he's been gone for at least two weeks. And uh, he's been missed. And he asked the scribes, What question ye them, my nine disciples here? And one of the multitude answered and said, 
Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. Now, his notoriety is just everywhere. They talk about Jesus. If you have a sick child, you go find him. They were looking for him. I, I don't know where this guy came. I don't know if he's from Caesarea Philippi or what. We're going to learn a little bit about him in, this, in these three passages. But anyway, uh, I have brought unto thee him which hath a dumb spirit. So this spirit doesn't talk. Dumb means you can't talk. Um, I don't know if it also in another place calls him deaf and dumb. I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, it doesn't mean stupid. It just means silent. Verse uh, 18, Mark chapter 9, verse 18. And whithersoever, the Father is still speaking here to Jesus. And whithersoever he, the, the dumb spirit, taketh my son, he teareth him. The Greek word there means to grasp, to convulse him. And he foameth, I would assume, at the mouth. He foameth and gnasheth with his teeth, also with his mouth. And pineth away. You know, I just pining away would be just laying in a corner whimpering, I guess. And I spake unto I spake to thy disciples, and they that they should cast this dumb spirit out, and they could not. Jesus, he's just gotten back there. As soon as they saw him, they ran to him. He hadn't had time to tell anybody anything. He's I think that's the way I read it. He is just um Anyway, and he answered the father of the child possessed by the dumb spirit. And the child could be a grown man. It says, how long has he been with him? Since a youth. So I, I would say he is a grown man. Jesus answered the, the, the father and saith, in, in earshot of his disciples, or apostles, if you will, all 12 of them, O faithless generation, I think he's talking to his disciples. They could not cast him out. So I think he's addressing his disciples here. So it could be more than just doubting Thomas and Judas Iscariot. The only difference is Judas Iscariot never believes. I'm not exactly sure, you know, when the other ones came to came to the Lord. But they definitely do. They all do by the end of A.T. Robertson's Harmony of the Gospels. And faithless, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? Six months. But we have 20-20 hindsight. How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. Bring the child unto me. Bring your son unto me. I don't think he's a child anymore. And they brought the demon-possessed man unto him. And when... Jesus saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, which means to grasp or convulse him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. So, um, you know, I, I try to go in through and pick out the, and they brought him, the demon-possessed boy, unto Jesus. And when Jesus saw him, yeah, I think I got it right. I was thinking I might have made a mistake on the pronouns there. When Jesus saw him, because I'm reading the name of the pronouns, because Charles Ryrie told us to do that, great theologian of the late 19th century. And he saw him straightway, the spirit, tear him, which means to grasp, 
to hold, to convulse him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed, rolled around, foaming at the mouth, I would assume. That's where you do your foaming. Verse 21, Mark chapter 9, verse 21. And Jesus asked the Father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? How long has your son been plagued by this dumb spirit? And the Father said, Of a child. So it sounds like he is a grown man now. I would say a young man, but I have no idea. Your kids will always be your kids. Um... Mark chapter 9, verse 22. And oft, the Father speaking, and oft times it casteth him into the fire. They do all their cooking around a fire. I mean, they don't have electric stoves. And unto what? And into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. This is my favorite verse about believing. I love this verse. Um, Mark chapter 9, verse 24. And straightway, or right away, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, the dumb foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit. So he is deaf and dumb. I charge thee, maybe he makes the child dumb and deaf, because I don't know why you'd be talking to a dumb and deaf spirit but I charge thee come out of him and enter no more into him Uh, Mark chapter 9 verse 26 and the spirit cried and rent same Greek word for grasp or convulse him it means to tear to rent to rent your clothes would be to tear your clothes it's old English sore which means often or a lot and came out of him, and he was as one dead. The, child, the, the son lay on the ground as one dead, insomuch that many said, he is dead. Well, it doesn't look like he's breathing. It doesn't, he's not making any noise. He stopped foaming. Verse 27, stopped wallowing. Verse 27, Mark chapter 9, verse 27. But Jesus took him by the hand, and lifted him up, and he arose. Verse 28. And when Jesus was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast him out, the demon out? And Jesus said unto them, This kind come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. So this is the great thing about studying the Gospels in a harmony of the Gospels, which the work that A.T. Robertson did, in my mind, is not the notes, although they're helpful. 
There are not that many. And I don't have any cross-references here from him or anything like that. But, but what he did was he, he divided this up into, into episodes. Episode 87. 17 verses in Mac, Math, Mark. 8 verses in Matthew. 33, uh, 8 verses in Luke. 33 altogether are in this episode. It just makes it easier for the teacher to... Because now we're going we're to learn more from Matthew. So let's take a look at Matthew chapter 17, verse 13. Matthew chapter 17, verse 13. Matthew chapter 17, verse 13. And if you set up your, if you're watching it on a TV, you're not driving a car or something, you can, you can go to the episode description and, and get all these verses. But if you can't, then, but you're not following along in a Bible anyway if you're driving or otherwise preoccupied. Uh, Matt chapter 17 verse 13 Matthew chapter 17 verse 13 and when the disciples understood that he spake to them of John the Baptist see this is again they're up on Mount Hermon the last thing they ask him or the last thing that's recorded up there is at what a when does Elias come and here Matthew clearly says that the disciples understood that Jesus spake to them of John the Baptist when he said he's already come. Matthew chapter 17 verse 14 and when they which would be Jesus and his three Peter, James and John arrive at the seven day trip down the mountain to Caesarea Philippi they come to the multitude that are waiting for him at Caesarea Philippi and came to Jesus there came to to Jesus a certain man kneeling down to him and saying verse 15 Matthew chapter 17 verse 15 Lord have mercy on my son for he is lunatic and sore which the Greek word there is different than the other word sore that we looked at uh, which meant to uh, convulse. It, this one means miserable. Miserably vexed. He's vexed by this deaf, dumb spirit to the point of misery, burning in fires. Uh, his dad's got to fish him out of the lake constantly, whatever, out of the waters. For oft times he falleth into fires and off into the water. Tough to have a grown son that does that. Verse 16, And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Matthew chapter 17, verse 17, And Jesus answered and said, Okay, again, he has just come back. This man has run to him, we know from Mark, and asked him to heal his son. The multitude is on their way. Uh, I, I, I would, I guess, his disciples got there pretty quick because I think, I personally, I think he's addressing his disciples. And Jesus answered and said, "O faithless and perverse generation, how long will I be with you? How long shall you shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me." I think he's rebuking his disciples that could not cast out this demon. They had just been sent out by seventies just before Mount Transfiguration to 
to have power over spirits and things like that. So they come back a complete failure now. And Jesus rebuked the devil, the deaf and dumb demon, and he departed out of the sun, and the child was cured from that very hour. Now, if you want to say he was a little baby, I don't think so. He was not a youth anymore. I think that's clear from, from what we've read. All right, um, so we're going to take a look at uh, Matthew chapter 17, verse 19. Then came the okay. Well, now I'm wrong. Okay, they, then came the disciples to Jesus apart. Okay, no. Okay, this is that doesn't. This is this is different. They after after Jesus rebuked the devil and the devil departed from Jesus, and the child was cured from that very hour. Uh, a little time has passed, I think. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart from the crowd and had a question. Why could not we cast him out? We've, we've cast out demons before. Jesus said unto him, because of your unbelief. That pretty much says it to me. What's, what's more important than to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the Savior of the world, or as Peter said, you, when he said after the sermon on eat my flesh and drink my blood, he says, are you going to depart from me also? And Peter says, you have the words of eternal life. I think Peter was definitely a believer. And beyond that, I, I, don't, I don't know. Nathaniel, um, who, was, who was the first one? Uh, he was a disciple of John the Baptist, Andrew, Peter's brother. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know who's a believer, who's not. Doesn't matter. It's interesting to me, though, that Jesus has spent a lot of time with unbelievers. Maybe we should. Maybe I should be more patient with with people that uh, have issues with with faith in, in the Savior, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you had faith the grain of a mustard seed which is the smallest seed from which you can grow a tree, okay, ye shall, they make mustard out of a, a grain. This is a tree. Uh, ye shall say unto this mountain, and I was taught in Bible college, I don't know if it's true or not, uh, we'll call him Bob. He said, you can call him Dr. Bob now. But anyway, he, uh, he, uh, he said that this could refer to, a mountain could be, like an economy, a, a, a covenant, a new covenant, the Mosaic covenant, the departing of the, of the priesthood and all of that that Hebrews points to with a better covenant, that would be, a, the, spiritually speaking, a mountain, moving a mountain. But anyway, if you don't like that metaphor, that's fine. I don't think he's actually literally talking about moving physical mountains, but if you want to believe that, that's fine. You can. Um, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. The, Israel could have bring in the, the, the kingdom if they would receive him as Savior. They do not. 
Okay, so now we're going to take a look at Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, and we're going to go back to, uh, we're going to go back up the mountain of Hermon again, where God spoke to them. And uh, this is when the, uh, the Lord stopped speaking. We're in Luke chapter 9, verse 36. Luke chapter 9, verse 36. This verse should sound familiar, but the next seven, not so much. Uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 36. Luke chapter 9, verse 36. Luke chapter 9, verse 36. And when the voice of the Lord was passed, this is my beloved son, hear him. Very similar to what he said it three years earlier at the baptism. He was found alone. Jesus was found alone. Found alone by who? He's found alone by Peter, James, and John, who I think had their face to the ground when God and the voice was uh, talking to them and Shekinah glory was bright and uh, and it says they were asleep I think it says so we don't really know how much time passed and they Peter James and John kept it close and told no man in those days those things which they had seen so they didn't come back and tell the other disciples what they had seen uh, they're the first people I know that have been able to keep a secret for Jesus okay um, Luke chapter 9 verse 37 Luke chapter 9 verse 37 and it came to pass that on the next day, so uh, when they were come down from the hill, so I, I think it, you know, I can't cover a day, especially on terrain like that, mountainous terrain like that. 40 days, 40 miles, 80 miles to Mount Hermon could take me, you know, a week for sure. Uh, the most I ever did was... Uh, was 20 miles in one day in a mountainous terrain, and I didn't know you could be so exhausted just walking. But this was this was in the Appalachian Mountains, and we were going up some pretty steep uh, contours, and where where you're you're walking, but you're touching the mountain in front of you with your hands. So it's kind of a a, a walking crawl, climbing. This anyway, very exhausting. Much people met him. So as soon as he comes back to Caesarea Philippi, much people meet him. And behold, a man of the company cried out, saying, Master, teacher, I beseech thee, look upon my son, for he is my only child. Verse 39. And lo, a spirit taketh him, and he suddenly crieth out, and it teareth him, grasped to convulse. Uh, he's convulsing, shaking, whatever. Him that he foameth again, and bruising him hardly, departed from him. Verse 40. Luke chapter 9, verse 40. And I besought thy disciples to cast him out, and they could not. Let me read what that man said. Master, I, verse 38. Master, I beseech thee, look upon my son, for he is my only child. And lo, a spirit taketh him, and he suddenly crieth out, and it teareth him. I don't think that's happening in real time. I think that's, he's describing the situation, his life to the Savior. Uh, convulse him, he foameth again, and bruising him hardly, from, departeth from him. So he comes and goes... Um, that's why Jesus says, and enter him no more, maybe. 
Anyway, and I besought thy disciples to cast him out, and they could not. And Jesus answering said, O faithless and perverse generation. So he, again, I think his disciples have come running to him. I think this man came running to him, and the crowd is gathering. That's the way I look at it. But it sounds like this father is the first to speak. O faithless and perverse generation. That's not exactly how you want to be greeted by your rabbi. How long shall I be with you and suffer you? Bring thy son hither. So if you don't agree with me that he's talking to his nine apostles there, and, and there's the others have problems too, for sure. Peter did for quite some time. He had a problem with the Gentile church. He didn't want to talk to Cornelius. and God said, don't call anything unclean that, that I have cleaned. So in, in, in salvation... Uh, cleans us. Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. You can't get any more righteous than that. Bring thy son hither. And as he was yet a coming, I would say the, the son, the devil threw him down and tear uh, to convulse him, to grasp or to convulse him. And Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the child and delivered him again to his father. I think, you know, when you're healed, you know you're healed. I, I told you about a nosebleed I had that, that, that persisted for about 36 hours, uh, which uh, about uh, most of those hours were, were in a hospital. And they couldn't stop the bleeding. But it was the weekend, and they, I needed an ear, nose, ears, and throat guy, and he wasn't coming in until Monday. But uh, anyway, and he stopped the bleeding, and I knew instantly. He put a balloon in my nose and filled it with water, and it was a very small balloon, but it, it stopped the, the post and, and anti, uh, anti means before the nose, uh, post means after. Post nasal drip is in your, from your sinuses. Anyway, and Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed him and delivered him again to his father. So if you ever do get healed from something like that, I, I don't know, you, you just know it. I'm sorry, I... Maybe shouldn't be personal. Okay, verse 43, the last verse we're going to look at today. Luke chapter 9, verse 43. And they were all amazed at the mighty power of God. So whatever happened here was dramatic. I think the, the son was in his right mind. And since a youth, he hadn't possibly been able to hear or speak. But while they wondered, every one, at all the things that Jesus did, he said unto his disciples, and this is the first of A.T. Robertson's cliffhangers. Uh, I, I, I couldn't resist. I looked ahead at, at verse 44, Luke chapter 9, verse 44. But Well, if you're in your Bible, you could do that if you want. I guess it was anticlimactic. I, I don't know. But anyway... Uh, and, and Jesus said unto his disciples, so come back for episode 88, I would say tomorrow, but I'm uh, not doing very well in some regards. Uh, so I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Hopefully I'll get, uh, I'm working on my letters from my dad's from war, and uh, when I get those done, I'll have a little more time. But also I'm just uh, physically got some issues going on. But anyway, uh, we'll see if I can get this done. I've noticed that uh, that uh, my podcast folks uh, 
uh, anchor have stopped advertising on my, at least when I listen to it on television. So I guess they're, they're upset with me for not putting one out almost every day, which I did for the first year. But uh, anyway. All right, so next episode, Lord willing, will be episode 88, the returning privately through Galilee. So he's going to be in the Jewish side of uh, the Sea of Galilee. He again foretells of his death and resurrection. So Galilee could be on both sides, but I, I, uh, we'll see as we go through episode 18, where they go to. But I think it is to the, the west side. Could be wrong. All right, I will say adios, and I will say Gloria, adios. Uh, no, I will say adios to God, and via con Dios, go with God.